0: Greetings in the name of Jesus. It indeed is a blessing to be with each of you here today. Which was a bit of a different time, but this is the way God has chosen it, and we are we recognize that as well when Brother Dwight and I were talking earlier about the funeral plans, and I realized also that he's, uh, of course, uh, had a fair bit on his plate here now the last couple of days, and um, I guess we can understand those kind of things in ministry, and so that is why I offered, not because I felt I had so much to say. Brother Ellis, you didn't steal my thunder, but you de- you definitely stole my text this morning. I invite you all to Isaiah chapter 26, verses 3 and 4 this morning. And I'd like to look at you all, us all, in peace and how we can have peace in the heart of the Church. Especially now looking back at at you over the years that we have not lived here anymore, yet still related, and of course the last couple of years not as much, and part of that because we don't have family living in this community anymore, and travel restrictions of being what they have been. But... Um, There's a lot of changes take place. You probably say, well, yeah, even Pete changes. His hair changed a bit of a more of a different color. And yet it's interesting. Somebody told me recently, they hadn't met me probably 30 years ago, he says, Pete, you haven't changed a bit. And I says, how old did I look then? (laughs) Uh, I could hardly... That, I thought it was almost not... It wasn't even a compliment. <laughs> How do we handle... But I look over the, the audience here this morning and there's a lot of things that are very familiar. And it's good to see that. And yet I know there are changes. I realize there are changes. Uh, some people handle changes quite well. They're rather flexible, can be adaptable... Some people really like to have things changing regularly and almost constantly. Others are, please don't change anything. (laughs) Just leave leave everything just be. And of course, changes are somewhat depending on the situation. Sometimes we'd like to see a change. I mean, we look at our world today and there's been many changes. And we're not going to go into some of those changes today. Socially and politically, there have been many, many changes. Many of them rather disturbing. Many that have affected even how we as a people uh, are know we should think or how we should feel, our values, our convictions. Some that are being tested others that are uh, at least being touched upon and cause us to reflect now. If this push comes to shove, how do we relate to this? Just last, last evening when we uh, came into the area, and Richards have been so good to let us stay at Maranatha Bible School. I hadn't seen some of the changes of the last few years there. And so, Wow. That was that was good to see those. It really was. Changes that had been in I knew Brother Dennis's dream and in my dreams when the years we lived here and worked here. Uh those it was it was good to see those things. They really were. Now like I said, I look at the congregation here and there's changes. There's people that used to be here that are not. Some have moved elsewhere. Uh, some families are not here. There's new people here. And, and then there's people here that were here when we used to be here, and yet now I have to ask for their names because uh, I'm older and I forget. <laughs> and also a lot of those young people, uh, what are now young people, were little people one time. There's new homes, and then of course, there's the changes of why we are we will be gathering later this week. The changes of people who have have left us. Changes tend to be normal, uh, many, in our body. Um, if a body didn't change, we'd say something's wrong. If a child doesn't change bodily, we'd be very concerned. There's something unhealthy. There's something very wrong here. Change indicates growth, can indicate growth and development. Abnormalities if it doesn't happen. Some changes we expect bodily, but we don't necessarily wish for them, uh, like White hair, or lack of it, and other things like that. Some things become inevitable maybe, or evitable, illness and disabilities, and they can happen. Now how do we relate as a, as a, uh, how do you as a church relate to the changes that you have faced and that you are <coughs> facing? as a people of God. How do we relate to that? To the changes that are amongst us. These changes don't just happen at Prairie. These changes also happen at Living Hope, where we are. And uh, we look back now at the, what is it, 17, 18 years that we are there, and there have been changes there. And there are changes taking place. I'd like to remind us of this verse... Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. I have this verse written out and pinned at my desk at home. I did it... Shortly when this whole pandemic situation broke out a year and a half ago, I felt I needed a reminder to myself. Uh, And not just because of that, but including that. How how do I relate to what's going on? And i like to look at this verse backward from what it's written. The verse in verse 3, it gives the result first. It says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. And then it gives what, the elements that are needed to have that happen. Whose mind is stayed on thee and then it gives it what it takes to have that happen because he trusteth in thee. And so I like to start with trust. Mm-hmm. And our Sunday school lesson is blended into all this and I was not conscious of the fact that the lesson was what it is today. Mm-hmm. I had... Um, uh, this, this, this has just turned out, I, I assume, the way God wants it done. Trust in the Lord. The foundation to all, to all that you and I face is trust. So absolutely essential. So absolutely critical to trust. How do we trust? What does it mean to trust? I understand Sister Christie's, one of her favorite passages was 61st Psalm. I'm not going to read it. But I understand where this psalmist cries out and says, he cries unto the Lord and he places his confidence in the rock. He's my refuge, my shelter, my fortress, my strong tower, and I'm going to be committed to God. God. I will praise him, I will recognize him. That's trust. Trust is more than just some mental assent and, yeah, I believe that. Trust is much more than that. Trust is much more than, well, I guess I have to. That's a reluctant surrender. Trust is recognizing God for the big God that He is and saying, yes, Lord. Yes. That doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. That doesn't mean that takes all the pressures away. But it's recognizing God in the picture, just like David recognized God in the picture with Goliath. Who God is. And dear ones, as we face life, whether it's the big changes in life or the little ones, where's God in the picture? Where's God? Our trust and our focus needs to be on Him. And that takes a choice that I need to just commit myself to. Because I realize He loves me. I realize God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask of Him, all that I could ever consider to dream up that could happen. God is God is big. He's able. God is sufficient. God is totally adequate. And I can count on Him for each situation. I don't need to inform God about anything. It's all in His understanding. He is loyal. He is faithful. He is good. And our text also tells us why. Because, verse 4, Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. There is an eternal strength, dear ones, in the I Am. By trusting in God, we're not hand, we're not hanging on to something that's temporal or even tangible. We're hanging on to something that is eternal and immeasurable. Totally. That's why we can trust him. That's why And God loves trust. I see little babies here. Very, very special. Very special. And those of you families, keep on having them because we grandparents, we take them by the bushel. We do. We love them. Every one of them. But there is something that there's, there's few things that thrill a parent more than the, than the complete trust that a little child puts into that parent and just, just allows that parent just full whatever. Yes, once in a while they wiggle and squirm and, and, and then just a little bit of a, uh, and then that child just settles back. Yeah, mama, you're okay. Or dad, yeah. And there is this overwhelming kind of a trust and an awe that parents have when adults have when when little children can put that kind of trust in their in their parents, and that's that's how God feels when we trust Him to just abandon ourselves, so to speak. And he will, he re, is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He is. He honors faith. He honors trust. And so the Proverbs writer is, is right when he says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and don't lean on your own understanding. And trust Trust is maybe our part to do, but you know what helps makes trust easier? Is when we have our mind stayed on Him. Trust becomes very hard if that's all we, if that's all we have. But when our mind is stayed on Him, That has to do with focus. Last couple of days I've been doing something I haven't done for a long time, for many years. I'm actually teaching school. I'm doing some substitute teaching back in Manitoba and so I was in the classroom. And uh, it's interesting to observe children again in the classroom and and the things that keep their attention and the things that take away their attention. Or the things that they allow their attention to slip away from. The whole thing of focus is so, so very big. The whole thing of concentration. To avoid distraction. Our text tells us, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed. Whose mind is stayed, whose mind is focused, whose mind is concentrated. Not just the brain thinking part, but the heart discipline that goes with it. See, that's related to trust. I do believe the greater trust we have the greater stay of mind is possible. There seems to be a relationship between the depth of one's trust and the stay of mind that we have. And so what do I stay my mind on? There's a lot of clamor for attention. In our world today, temporal, sometimes very materialistic things, sometimes necessary, much of it not. There's a lot of attention clamoring for our sensational, exotic kind of thinking, carnal and pleasure, the new and the novel. And then, of course, there's a lot of attention that's supposed to We're supposed to be giving to the circumstances around us and get people all worked up one way or another. Some of them may have marginal benefit and many of them are detrimental. And that causes us to need Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Another verse that's pinned on my desk is our focus, is our disciplined mind on these things? Is it there? That doesn't take away that we should then ignore the reality of our present situations and, for example, this these days it's grief and sorrow. It's not that we ignore reality and the things of that, that, that bring about the changes that there are. But how do we focus? Do we focus right? What, what attention do we give how? What concentration do we give? It's not an ignoring, but just a right attention from a right perspective. Attention is such a necessary thing. Whose mind is stayed on thee. Are my thoughts, is my meditation, are my reflections, especially centered on God and His character, God and His provision, God and His creation, God and His salvation, God and His goodness, God and His works. Is that where my mind is, is staying on? That doesn't mean that we ignore the other things in life where we are. But do I, do I put these other things in life, do I put them into, into focus with, with this, with God? Where does, whose mind is stayed on thee? Where is the staying? Is it the Lord? Is it the Lord? Those things that are true, honest, just, lovely, so on a good report. Think on these things. There's so many other things that are like waves that want to distract us like the waves did on the water wanted to distract Peter. And for a while he got distracted. And what did Jesus call out? Little faith. That was the result. Little faith. He didn't say, hey, you're distracted. He gave him the reason for the distraction. Little faith. Like I said, the foundation is trust. And out of that trust, that trust is coupled with focusing on him at our congregation at home. I'm preaching through the book of Colossians. I think our people are getting to the point and say, Pete, when are you going fi- to either quit or finish? Uh, because we're just uh, a little ways into chapter 2. And it's been almost a year that we've been... Well, yeah, it's been about a year. Now, of course, not every Sunday, of course. But I've been finding something very interesting with the book of Colossians. It it focuses on the preeminence of Christ. And that has been a tremendous inspiration to me. Paul was very concerned for the Colossian believers because they were being threatened, uh, their hearts were being threatened by other things, by other doctrine, false teachings. and, And it says, it's taking you away from Christ. You need to have... Your focus needs to be on Him. Don't let anything rob you of your attention, of your mind staying on Christ. Don't, don't, don't allow that to happen. And so amidst all the things that you all face as a congregation or as an individual, Trust in the Lord. Keep your mind focused, especially on Him. And put all the other things that happen in life into perspective of where they fit in into the Lord's mind. And then the verse tells us, gives us the assurance perfect peace is the result. God says, I will keep you in perfect peace. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts. Trust with a staying mind on Christ. The result is a perfect peace. A keeping of perfect peace. Not just an experience of perfect peace, but dear ones, a keeping of perfect Peace. It's one thing to know that peace and then have it fleeting away again. But as we keep trusting and focusing, peace can be our enjoyment. It's easy to let changes and activities overtake us and consume us and even unsettle us to take our thoughts and our minds our trust off of Christ. Perfect peace comes as we, as we permit our hearts and our minds to be resting in Him. Scripture tells us that we will be kept. We can stay in the presence of His peace. Our heart sets, our mind set, our mindset is to bring the peace, the peace of God. And the scripture tells us, thou wilt, you will, you will. Sometimes we feel that we need to do something in order to have peace. Dear ones, I have found again and again that the best thing that I can do is just let go. Let go and let God. It's 36 years ago this week that Joanne and I needed to let go and let God with a little a little girl that we never had much chance to love. We still love her. We still miss her. But I do remember the place. I do remember the time well when finally I could have just peace about God's situation in him taking Becky from us, giving him to us and then taking him from us and the peace was there. That didn't take away the hurt. Still doesn't. <laughs> there's still, there's still a hole there. 36 years later. In fact, I don't want that hole ever to be filled. I don't. But there's peace. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts. Trust sometimes just needs to be just to let go, let God. And then that peace that passes all understanding, that quiet rest, that gift of God where he blesses his people with peace can be ours. Jesus said, I want to give you peace. John chapter 14, John chapter 16. It's not that peace is something elusive and God somehow, well, you know, I have just a little bit to share and once in a while I'll let it out to somebody. No. God wants to give us this. But as we can trust and keep our mind on Him, we can have this calmness, this rest of soul. Why? Because there's confidence and focus in the one who is peace. Today, I wish prairie the peace of God.